All right, so it is uh, September 7th, Joey. September 7th, but you won't be hearing this until uh, later in the week. I'm not going to be hearing this until later in the week. You're not going to be hearing it at all because you don't listen to this podcast. That's true. Um, <laughs> so, just, like, just like everybody else in the world. Yeah. So we're going to record this episode on Monday, but it won't go up until Friday. So there is news, I'm sure, that will happen between now and Friday. And you're going to be like, well, why didn't you mention this thing? Well, it's because fuck you. Fuck you. Why aren't you listening to the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> understanding that we're explaining the whole thing right now. Um, so we're kind of just going to cover the stuff uh, that kind of happened this last week and just up until today. Um, yeah. We didn't get a chance to record on Friday, so I put up our bonus episode. Um, great episode. You should definitely go hear it. It's uh, pretty fucking good, if you ask me. No no one's asking you, Johnny. Well, that's fine. I'm, I'm saying go listen to it. It's, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, but let's go to... Because uh, we actually have a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff on here that we need to talk about. Um, so let's go and start off with gaming, and let me bring this shit up, because I am not uh, prepared whatsoever. For the first time, I am. Yeah, it's so weird. It's um, sad, actually. So I'm going to start off talking about Battlefront, because Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and I fucking love talking mm-hmm. about Star Wars. Uh, Battlefront announced a new mode for their game, and they announced that the uh, beta is coming in early October. Okay. So... If you're on the fence, which I'm not. I'm obviously not on the fence about I, I highly doubt there's anybody on the fence at all for this game. Yeah. I Some people are kind of concerned mainly because, uh, you know, they got this love for Battlefield or, you know, Battlefield, Battlefront already. And they're kind of scared of what, of this new, like, reimagining of it. Yeah. They're scared that they might fuck it up. But I think this is going to be a good way to get those people hooked. Yeah, I mean, well, the game just looks really cool, and I mean, we've been seeing, actually, I haven't really seen a lot of commercials for it at all for the past while, but for a while, that's all you would see is just, like, all these commercials, especially on YouTube for uh, for this new Battlefront game. So, you know, just saying, I think there's going to be a lot of people go, um, going out to buy this. I don't really think there's a lot of people on the fence for this. I all. think there's going to be definitely, like, a big push here. Um, in a little bit, like the you know, soon the closer the game comes out, and especially when the movie comes out, I feel like there's going to be that large push of this game is out there. It's going to be badass. Okay. Um, so, so the beta is going to include um, the uh, what am I uh, thinking of? It's going to include the uh, Walker Assault mode with the uh, the ATATs yeah. running around. Um, it's going to be on Hoth. It's just going to be that one level. Uh-huh. But it will be uh, full multiplayer, I believe 40 people. Uh, you will nuts. be able to get um, the hero character, so Luke and Vader. You'll be able to, if you find the power-up bonus thing, you'll be able to play as them. Uh, they're also going to include a co-op mode. Yeah. So, in the beta. So that's going to be... That's, that's quite a lot to throw in there. Yeah, so... I think it's good in the sense that it will uh, let people know what this game has to offer. And even if you don't want to play in these giant multiplayer battles with other people, you'll be able to get on with just another friend or just hook up with another person online and do a co-op mode instead of a competitive kind of a mode. So I think it's real cool. I'm excited for it. Seems pretty dope. Um, They haven't announced an official date or anything, but they just said early October. Um, 
I would definitely assume that early October you'd think those first two weeks, right? I would imagine. So that's what I'm guessing. Um, so, okay, so this this I saw this and it got me really excited mm-hmm. um, for Fallout. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a Fallout Monopoly. That, okay. A Fallout Edition Monopoly. And it was very funny because I was sitting on the couch and I saw this and I got super excited. And I was like, I'm going to go get this Fallout Monopoly. And Aiden was like, you bought the Legend of Zelda Monopoly and you haven't even played that. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care. I just want to... I don't even like care for the game Monopoly all that much. But I want to fucking get this Monopoly. Okay. What do you think the pieces in the Monopoly are going to be? Um, one of them is definitely going to be a little uh, The Vault Boy. Yeah. You're probably going to have Dog Meat. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine uh, like a member of the Enclave. Yeah, yeah, a little Brotherhood of Steel guy. Probably just the helmet. Yeah, that'll probably be the hat. Yeah, the the hat piece. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to have like a little stim pack or something. A little Pip Boy. Yeah, probably get a little Pip Boy. And so were there any vehicles? Not really. No, oh wait, no. There needs there needs to be one of those. Uh, you can super mutants. I want a super mutant. Super mutant one, yeah, yeah. I and mean, if you're going vehicles, you could go vertebird. Yeah. Um. There's plenty of stuff to work with. Um. I. I don't know. I, they they haven't really announced anything other than the fact that it's going to be a thing. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. So you're yeah. already willing to throw money away on something you have no idea what the entirety of it's going to be. Yep, I have no problem with that. Okay. I feel like I have enough trust in Fallout where it won't let me down. Like I'm sure most people have a great trust for Rockstar games, eh, much like I do. You know, like if so, they were like, "There's going to be a uh, Grand Theft Auto Five Monopoly set." Okay, I would get that. Even if you don't know what it'll look like, you're going to fucking get it. It would be insane, and I would get it in a heartbeat. Plus, Monopoly's really good about uh, doing their licensed stuff. I mean, I have the uh, Adventure Time Monopoly, uh-huh. and that's got some neat have characters. Have you played that one? Yeah, okay. that one I have played. Um, but I bought the Legend of Zelda one. Um, we do need to play that one, though. Yeah, I I want to play that. One. That one's pretty. Looks pretty neat. I haven't act, like I said. I haven't played it yet. But it, the only thing is, it's it's so hard to like get people together to play uh, fucking Monopoly, especially because it takes so fucking long. Oh yeah, I guess. So that's that's one of those things where if people are over and they're drinking, their attention span gets shorter and shorter. My attention span is short enough as it is. So you know, it, it gets kind of hard to play uh, Monopoly. Um, but Fallout Monopoly is coming out, and because it's coming out, I thought I'd get you guys some more Fallout news in case you guys haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallout 4, uh, they came out and said a couple weeks ago that it's going to have twice the assets that Skyrim did. That so, assets, so. pretty much, there's going to be twice as much shit that you can interact with, and uh, as far as like world building stuff, there's going to be twice as much of that. Yeah, that's fucking insane. Like scale wise, because Skyrim, I I put in so many hours in Skyrim. I'm sure I, I only really like scratched the surface of Skyrim. I I purposely avoided Skyrim mostly because I knew that's what would happen. I, I would have lost so many hours and days of my life, and in a, in a time period where I could not afford to lose hours and days of my life. And unfortunately for myself, uh, 
Fallout 4 is going to be doing the exact same thing in a very <laughs> very similar way. Yeah, it's definitely going to uh, take up way too much of my time. And yeah. I'm... I don't even have much of a social life as it is already, so fuck it. Yeah, Why you know, you know, it's 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 one of those things where Anne's birthday is on the 11th. Fallout uh, Four comes out on November 10th, and I'm already like, eh, maybe we should do your birthday things before Fallout, so I can have just Fallout. Fallout. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I know I said I loved you. But Fallout. But fall, Fallout's been with me since the beginning. Fallout so. has been with me since the beginning, and it does things you don't ever want to try. So I think we should just take some time apart. Just saying, you know, not to make this super awkward or anything. I know, I know we uh, live together, but like, uh, I'll just sleep on the couch. I mean, it, it's all right. Don't worry about it. So like my Xbox will keep me warm, and I can play Fallout too. Hmm. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> um, final piece of news for Fallout that I can bring you. Um, so, they just finished wrapping voice acting for Fallout um, within this last week. And there is... Uh, they came out to that there's more dialogue in Fallout 4 um, than there was in Fallout 3 and Skyrim combined. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking words. It's a lot. Uh, they said that the final uh, count for the um, for the lines is over 111,000. That's quite a bit. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fucking uh, definitely at least uh, more... I think... I don't know how much your average book is as far as, you know... Words books. and line count, but <laughs> books. Me, it's me, it, me read book. It seems it seems like that would be definitely more than enough to fill up an entire fucking book. Say <laughs> like, fuck you, JD Salinger. You don't got shit on Fallout. And, yeah, so I thought that was um, pretty interesting. I'm very excited, especially knowing that you know your protagonists are fully voiced and everything. Yeah. That's going to be fucking really neat. Well, I mean, because they're using um, a different style of, uh, of like, I guess, uh, speech, right? Like, the right. way the characters talk. They're kind of going the route that uh, uh, Mass Effect started, right? Right, like, right. Where it's kind of, like... They just give you a general direction of what you want to say, and then, like, they just kind of... It doesn't say exactly verbatim what's on the screen, on the screen. It, but it more so what your character would say in that situation. Um, yeah, pretty much like that. The only thing is it's not as cut and dry as Mass Effect, where Mass Effect had like a little blue indicator saying like this is the good option. There's a red indicator saying this is the like the the evil option. Yeah. And then, like, the neutral options, this is more so just, like... It's kind of more ambiguous. Yeah. But I, I imagine, though, you can still sound like quite a dick the more you play. I, I, I would assume so, like, if, you, if you're, like, karma, because that's the good or bad system yeah. I use. Um, if your karma is low enough, I'm sure you're... I would hope, at least, that your voice... Uh, your inflection of voice changes along right. with all the horrible or good shit you've been doing yeah. in the wasteland. Same thing if you go uh, on the positive side. I would hope that that's kind of reflected in the way you say things or the way you do things. Yeah. So. Uh, pretty exciting. So what else do I have on here? 
Um, so we'll kind of talk about this in the order that it happened. So the there's this thing that's happening, Joey, and I don't know if you read up on this or not. I did not. Um, but Deus Ex Mankind. I can't read. Okay, that that explains a lot. So um, Deus Ex Mankind uh, divided. I don't know if you played Deus Ex. I um, yeah, pretty cool game. I enjoyed it. I mean, um, like the the, the first one uh, was kind of like a cult classic hit. You know, uh, didn't really get that wide of a release. I, I remember correctly. But it kind of held with a lot of gamers from the past, and now uh, when it finally got its, you know, modern uh, sequel uh, on the Xbox 360 and PS3, you know, it did okay and people liked it, but there were still a lot of problems with the game. And now they're releasing this one, and hopefully this one addresses all the other problems people were complaining about in the first place. But other than that, I don't really know a whole hell of a lot about the series. I don't know about the storyline other well, than it's kind of matrixy. Well, this has nothing to do with the game itself. This has everything to do with the pre-order campaign for the game. So usually... Oh, boy. <laughs> usually, unless I'm very, very confident about something like Fallout. Mm-hmm. Fallout, I pre-ordered it because I needed to get that Pip-Boy edition. I have faith in Fallout. Yeah. I know they won't let me down. Um... But, you know, with most most games, I would say don't pre-order this game. I mean, you're giving this company money for something that they haven't given you yet, right? And you're yeah, not sure time, about how... A lot of times you haven't even seen yet, either. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is one of those cases, I and mean, we haven't really seen a lot about Deus Ex. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, some gameplay stuff they've shown, but as far as, like, the public eye, they haven't really, like, put, put a lot out there. Mm-hmm. And you definitely haven't gotten your hands on it, so you don't know... You know how this stuff is going to happen. But they have this pre-order campaign. And um, it's called Augment Your Pre-Order. <laughs> so pretty much you pre-order the game. Uh-huh. Joey, you put down uh, your $60 for this game. It's coming out in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's different tiers. The more people that pre-order the game, the, uh, the higher the tier that gets unlocked. Wait, 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 what? Okay, so, and trust me, this is convoluted and crazy, and really, I don't think a lot of people really know what's going on. So, um, let's say you pre-order the game. Okay. After X amount of people, and you pre-order the game, and you get the Tier 1 rewards. The Tier 1 rewards, you get to choose, like, some in-game skin or suit or something that's going to, like, you know, help you out. And you get to choose which one you want. Okay. Um... After X amount of people have uh, pre-ordered the game, uh, the Tier 2 will unlock. And then you'll get to choose stuff from Tier 2. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, so if, um, so the first amount of people, so when you went, at first order, I get Tier 1 reward. And then when X amount of people pre-order this, I would get, instantly get Tier 2. Right. I wouldn't have to pay extra for this Tier 2. Right. Okay. Um, so then you, after tier two, um, let me go to and actually look up what tier two is. Uh, tier two is uh, some, some, some fucking thing, some fucking stupid piece of shit. You know that that's really useless in game. Um, <laughs> okay, so your character cannot wear a cape. <laughs> yeah, so, some stupid shit. Um, so uh, I think uh, tier two is actually like the soundtrack. And so you get to choose either the soundtrack to the game or like a digital, uh, like art book for it or something, concept art thing. Um, so no, that's man. that's tier two. 
Now, after X amount of people have pre-ordered, Tier 3 is open. Uh-huh. At Tier 3, you get an extra in-game mission. Um, and then move on. There's a Tier 4. Once X amount of people have pre-ordered, um, I'm not exactly too sure what Tier 4 is. Um, uh, tier 4 is the digital... Uh, or the digital art book. Okay, so or a comic book. Okay, so this is like really fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. So so and then finally, if uh, if a certain amount of people, and I don't know if they're like putting it out there, like how much, like how far along they are. If a certain amount of people pre-order the game before the game comes out, the game will release four days early. Okay, so they're. Just setting up these weird benchmarks for when people pre-order this. And that's all it's contingent on is just the amount of people who pre-order this shit. Right. So so let's say if their benchmark for this game is... Uh, like like 100,000 people or so. Yeah. Let, let, just to throw a number out there, I'm sure it's a little more because yeah. every game wants to you know break that like million copies sold. Um, so let's say to reach that tier five, they want five hundred thousand people. Yeah, and they want a hundred thousand people for each tier. I'm sure it's different, but let's assume that's what it is. Um, if five hundred thousand people pre-order this game, they'll release it four days early. That's no. Like how? Like I feel like I would be very upset if I pre-ordered this game. And they're hyping it up, and they're like, you know, we're almost there. We're almost to like, you know, fifty five hundred thousand people. We're almost gonna do it. I guess you're gonna get the game early, and then it doesn't happen, and then I guess it, it, it could be worse. I mean, granted, this is a stupid fucking strategy, but I guess it could be worse because they could say, oh yeah, but you, um, in order to you know get this tier two or this tier three that just unlocked, you got kicking you know like ten extra bucks for each tier or whatever. That it could be that, and it could be worse. I mean, granted, though, I mean, like, this could all just have been solved with, you know, like, hey, instead of 60 bucks, 80 bucks, and you get all this cool free shit with it. Like, you know, every other fucking game that's been coming out for the last, like, yeah, six at years. Least, at least that would make sense, and, you know, you're not, like, if you wanted to, you can go spend $80 after the game comes out, after reviews have dropped, after people have played it, and you can make, like, a decision based on your experiences with it as opposed to making these decisions before the game even comes out you know this far out and you know it, it the whole releasing it early is kind of upsetting that's just i mean if they can release like, it early in the first place it, just right? yeah just fucking do it uh, the way i see it i mean they're gonna release this game early as it is because i don't think they'd want to come out and be like yeah, not enough people have interest in this game, so we're going to release it on time. You know? <laughs> like, that would be depressing, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, so our game is so fucking unimportant to people. Don't we're just going to re-release it as scheduled. Because, you know, we're just going to throw the, the lamest hissy fit in the world. Because that'll really push sales. If someone's like, like that we're going to release this game early. Everyone's so excited for it. But they came out and told us that nobody's excited for it. So, we're just going to go ahead and schedule, you guys. Jesus. <laughs> I'm a, so, that makes me assume that they're going to release this game on time. Um, I would assume that's not a bad assumption. No. I, um, but it's still... It's, it's just, just weird. It just kind of irks me that, like... Okay, pre-orders have been around forever. And yes, I do pre-order some games. I mean... 
I mean, like, you know, some games you, you all have. Feel, yeah, you can feel confident about that you can pre-order. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there were times where I went into the GameStop with twenty bucks ready to put down on a game or whatever, and then you know I looked through the list of like games that are about to come that are you know available for re- for reservation, and then it's just like. Well, then now there's four games I want, so then I ended up putting five bucks down on each game. Yeah, and I mean that's when I was a stupid kid and didn't really, you know, grasp the whole concept of how, you know, reserving a game is fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean in that situation, it's not too bad because uh, at any point you can go back in, let's say, and pre-order the game you originally went in to get. Or you can use that credit to put it towards another game if you wanted to. Yeah. So you're pretty much just locked into... In this situation, Buying I think we're game. both talking about GameStop, right? Yeah. Um, where you're kind of just locked in. Yeah. Into GameStop. And that's about it. Other places are kind of a little more iffy with their pre-orders. If you pre-order a game digitally um, on the Xbox Store or the PlayStation Store... Uh, good luck getting a refund for it. Yeah. Uh, Steam has put out a new policy as of recently, as of recently, as of late, that, that kind of makes a little more sense where they'll actually let you pl- uh, pay for a game and um, you have either one week or uh, like an hour or two of gameplay, mm-hmm. uh, whichever comes first. Uh, to request a refund. So if you buy a game and it's not what you want, you can request a refund for it. Yeah. And I think that should be the way of the future. The way of the future. But I mean, like this year, um, yeah, I'm going to pre-order some games. I pre-ordered yeah. Metal Gear Solid. Well, of course you fucking did. Of course I did. And I haven't been disappointed one bit with that purchase. I mean, is it getting all the nines and tens in that you ever wanted, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. No, that game has gone almost like perfect tens across the board. Yeah, but yeah, no, the game is great, and you know, just putting in those sixty dollars when I did, I already feel like I've gotten my sixty dollars worth of that game. Um, like I said, Fallout, I have that pre-ordered, but I have such confidence in Fallout that I know that it's going to be. It's going to be fucking great. Yeah. I don't need to worry about Fallout betraying me. I mean... I mean, it it just... I I don't know. Because, I mean, like, a lot of times with pre-orders, you're just kind of taking the uh, developer's word for what the game's going to be. Yeah, and and I can see that being a problem because, you know, you look at the launch of uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah. Um, That did not go over so well. Yeah. And to the point to where, you know, anyone who bought the season pass, anyone who pre-ordered it, or anybody who had the game got access to the DLC for free, I believe. And then if you had the season pass, they gave you a free game. Hmm. Um, just to kind of, like, make it up to you. Okay. Um, up to and including at the time, uh, it was, like, right after Far Cry 4 came out, you could get Far Cry 4. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was pretty neat. I thought, um... At least they did right by the consumers in that situation. Yeah. It sucks that it happened in the first place, and it should not have happened. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. 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 So, pretty much, uh, Deus Ex, uh, don't pre-order it. I mean, unless you really feel the need that you have to, but... (laughs) You need to unlock them tiers, though. I just feel like that's so ballsy of a company to do that. You know? I kind of I kind of want to see it. I, don't, I guess I don't want to see it fail, but I just want to see like a lack of pre-orders. Yeah. Before, because, before okay. So so with um, like Fallout Four, they haven't really announced any kind of uh, 
pre-order incentives. Yeah. And they might not. I mean, it's just one of those games where they don't need to offer something to get you in the door mm-hmm. if you're on the fence. Yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid had, like, a day one edition that included, like, some extra shit. Um, but it wasn't, like, anything that's game-breaking. It's uh, just pretty much stuff that you got that you can research and use later. Yeah. Um, yeah, this just seems a little... Like, a little much. It's it, it's kind of just... Like, you're getting a little ballsy with your pre-orders. Yeah. Um, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Moving so, on. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, there was something that was announced that was announced today, Monday. Um, but I guess when you're listening to this, it'll be a couple days ago. Um, Pikmin Four was sort of announced. Kind of, sort of, not really. So it wasn't officially announced. Nintendo hasn't come out and said that it's coming out or anything. Um, but Eurogamer published a uh, interview they did with Miyamoto. Uh-huh. And he said that Pikmin 4 is nearing completion. Um, so that's exciting. I mean, I thought after Pikmin 3, we wouldn't get a Pikmin 4. Um, I don't think the sales numbers were all that great no. for Pikmin 3. So uh, I, I kind of figured we weren't going to get anything out of there. But kind of exciting. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for, like, the official announcement. Yeah. Uh, this is an article that was... Uh, it was written back in July, but they didn't publish it until today. Uh, it's probably you know some kind of Nintendo uh, NDA they had to like you know Maybe. hold off on or something. But um, that's exciting. I mean, if it's near completion, I hope that means that it's coming out on the Wii U. I'm not going to hold my breath. Because maybe this is something they're going to want to like do as a day one launch title for their new console. Yeah. But it's exciting to know that's in the works. Yeah, they still kind of freaks me out that they're already working on a new console. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't I mean, been around for that long, but it hasn't been successful. So. And like, not, like the last two consoles they've done hasn't been, haven't been successful. Well, the Wii was wildly successful. Everybody and their mom has a Wii. Yeah, but no one bought the games to back up those system sales, though. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. They still had those system sales, though. I mean, there's a Wii at my parents' house that nobody uses for anything other than Netflix. Okay. Well. So, I think uh, I think the Wii came at the right time when the streaming stuff was happening and, like, YouTube apps and stuff like that. Stuff that you could get a... Um, you know, like one of those uh, little sticks that you stick into your TV and then use that to uh, access Netflix or Hulu and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, the Wii, I think, came right at the just time, right, just at the right time, to where it was right before those things, but people really needed something to stream on. They didn't want to spend the money on a smart TV, and they didn't want to spend the money on an Xbox or a uh, PlayStation. So the Wii and the Wii had like a great price point. Well, I mean, but like first and foremost, uh, like it's supposed to be a video game centric console and not just you know some you know half-ass smart tv you know add-on it's i mean like developers after a while just didn't want to work with the wii anymore i mean right now they don't want to work with the wii u yeah i mean i think at first developers were very excited for it and i think that's when we got the flood of like very gimmicky like shake the wii remote and Jack off the Wii remote, oh, like, like that fucking uh, what was that? That stupid rabbits game, the Rayman spinoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, 
since you brought it up, oh, um, another thing that's been announced, uh, Ubisoft is making a theme park or uh, you know some kind of theme park thing um, in some like Asian country that's going to be based around Assassin's Creed and the rabbits. What? Yeah. Let me uh, <laughs> let me bring up the story here to let you know exactly where it's going to be. But they announced today that they're coming out with um, with exciting, you know, theme parks where we can go and do Assassin's Creed things. And okay, look, just because Nintendo was able to work something out with Universal Studios doesn't mean every fucking video game company needs a theme park. It's opening just in stop. it's opening in Malaysia in 2020. Malaysia. Yeah, of all the places, I didn't think uh, Assassin's Creed even and the Raving Rabbits were that big in Malaysia. In Malaysia, but um, is Malaysia even a real country? I don't know. Apparently, they're uh, teaming up with uh, RSG, uh, must be some company, uh, to create a next generation theme park based on the properties, based on properties including Assassin's Creed, the Rabbits, and Just Dance. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Why is this happening? Uh, it's happening because uh, apparently a rabbit's uh, like some kind of like ride or something was opened. A rabbit rabbits fan? <laughs> it, it was. It was. There was some rabbits ride that was open in some French theme park. And it's been wildly successful, so they got a wild hair up their ass, and now they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, let's, more puns. Let's let's do uh, let's, let's make an entire park. fucking theme park out of it." No, just uh, just stop. Like this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. You, you know what the worst thing is? Like, I would not be surprised. This is the new fad from like big video game developers trying to make rides and fucking you know actual theme parks. It just it just makes it makes no sense. The only ones that actually have the kind of ability and power is with the people we were, I was just bitching about is Nintendo. They, they're the, <laughs> they're ones the only who ones who have the ones properties having... that can like stick. Yeah, I mean like they're video game Disney. That's all they are. I mean, just, yeah. 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 So the the direct quote from uh, the uh, senior vice president of uh, Ubisoft Motion Pictures. Um, together we are creating a place where every guest is a player, every ride is a playground, every visit is a game. In RSG, we found a partner with a successful track record in working with international brands, a shared ambition to design the family destination of the future, and a wealth of expertise in theme park development. This is so stupid. It's stupid, but I mean, I can see them doing some pretty cool shit with it. I mean, in Malaysia, I would assume you can do some kind of, like, some kind of tie-in with, like, Far Cry 4. Like, some kind of, like, foresty thing. Okay, so what Disney needs to do is that they need to make an an add-on to uh, uh, Adventureland and just have it be a Far Cry simulation complete with, you know, Disney Gestapo and barbed wire traps. Yeah, yeah, that would. Work. I, I, I'd be super into that. You know what? Put that in California Adventure, and you got me, and I will buy a season pass. I mean, we can say what we want, but if it turns out really badass, we're I'm probably going to go. We're going yeah, to take it to Malaysia. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's not going to be for another like five years, but whatever. I mean, if it if it's badass, like that could be really cool. So, what if they have at um, what's the fucking technology in Assassin's Creed? The Animus, the Animus, the Animus. So, what if they have Animus style technology at the park? I would wonder why NASA isn't having this shit right now. Because theme parks, that's why. <laughs> it's because theme parks are obviously more important than NASA. Just just look at God. just look at Jurassic Park. That's look true. at that technology. Like we couldn't use that to like cure the world of diseases. No, we're using it to build a dinosaur park. He's like, dude, do you see the fucking dinosaurs? Do you fucking see them? That's a but, that's a onomatopoeia rex. But like, I got like cancer like of the stomach, and I could kind of use a cure. No, fuck you, dinosaurs. Get on the fucking ride. Yeah. Pay me the money that you would use for your cancer treatment, <laughs> and go fucking mess with those dinosaurs. I mean, like, it's a fucking petting zoo with dinosaurs. I would spend my cancer treatment money on on that. Yeah, I would. So. I realized that we got off topic. Um, no, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that's really that was announced today. Uh, we like I said, they plan to open in 2020, so I'm sure we'll see more and more as you know years go by. Um, let me ask you this: Do you think uh, if there is any company out there? Obviously, I don't think Ubisoft has the uh, the you know track record and. I mean, they shipped Unity, so they, so <laughs> they, they, day one track launch, record isn't day one lost. launch of this uh, of this theme park is going to be very glitchy, and the people working there aren't going to have faces; they're just going to be mouths and eyes, <laughs> and they're just going to start clipping through walls and shit. Yeah. Okay, so look, if there is like a video game simulation where like like of, of like a ride or some or like some kind of like weird like haunted maze walkthrough, and they base it off of a like video game glitching, that would be hilarious. And like literally have people with like no faces, just eyes and teeth, and then just like they start clipping through walls and just disappearing, and then they just you just like and then at one point you just fall through the floor and you just keep going until it's just a great background. That would one be terrifying and two I would go I would go into that shit. So what if like there was some really neat thing where it's like a haunted mansion kind of walkthrough thing? Um but it's very video game related. You walk in, there's like things everywhere. But you walk to this point, and there's like no place to go. And like you can go through this wall, quote unquote wall. That's like you know, it's a kind of like hologram thing that's in the way. And like you stick your hand through it, and it starts like buzzing out. And then you walk through it, and now you're in Tron. Okay. Yeah, that would be fucking cool. I mean, like just like one like black lights, and then cool little fucking like weird bicycle helmets with like lines and magic marker on them. Fuck yeah, I would be down with that. I'd be down. Um, so let me ask you this: Do you think uh, anybody has the uh, um, like the capacity to do this? Like any other company no. could do this. No. So you don't think like PlayStation no. could do some kind of like. Something no, based on their properties because they're they're primarily a hardware developer now. I mean, like how many how many I'm games not, can I'm, you honestly say Sony has come out with? I mean, they have that like you know whole anything that's exclusive to their, to their console. Um, I mean, just to name a few, you have like uh, you know obviously like the uh, Uncharted you're collection. You're having a hard time coming up with these, bud. <laughs> the the Uncharted collection, you have Little Big Planet stuff. Uh, you can do. I think that would be kind of neat. Yeah, but okay, so that that's two that's two games. Um, 
There's a plethora of Final Fantasy games you can pull from. Fuck Final Fantasy. It's been overdone. People are getting tired of that series. No one's going to want it. not. Everybody freaked out when they talked about their remake of... Final it's because they're stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, we have expressed how much we don't like remakes of games. I've already played that game before. What right. makes you think I'm going to want to play it, like, again, ten years later? Sly Cooper? Maybe. Those they're already making cool. a movie about that, though. Ratchet and Clank? Already making a movie. Perfect. Those are great tie-ins. It's like, that would probably, that, that would work for, like, I would honestly say, like, Tomorrowland level stuff. Jack and Daxter? They who I'm not was, even a PlayStation person. I know these things. Jack Crash. and Daxter. When was the when was the last game that came out for Jack and fucking Daxter? Probably like the PS3, maybe PS2. Maybe there's like the a PS3. remaster version of uh, you know the games on PS3. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Once again, Crash hasn't been around for like at least ten years. You could you could make him relevant. How? He's like Sonic. He can't. <laughs> I mean, like those games went that away. Was, that was, that was such a like. Uh, that was such a product of its time. Yeah, I mean, hell, they even called the project Sonic's ass because it was supposed <laughs> to be in three D. It, it just it. Yeah. I mean, like he was supposed to like that was back when like companies had like their mascots. You yeah. know, that obviously that doesn't work. I mean, it works to an extent because you know I would say like Nathan Drake is a mascot of. You know, Sony and PlayStation. I would say that Master Chief is a uh, mascot of, like, the uh, Microsoft and Xbox. Um, Maybe not to the extent that uh, Crash and Sonic and Mario are, but... I mean, like... I mean, like, and even then, now we're equating, like, mascots to just launch titles. And that's it. And and that's how fucking goofy we can make this fucking character look. And And even then... Okay, so going back to the original point, that's, like, six games... Okay. How like I okay, so how many do you think like Ubisoft? No, you Ubisoft you, you, you Ubisoft need Ubisoft a lot. have a lot. Because look, yeah, exactly. They don't have a lot. They can't But they're still doing it. Because they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're fucking stupid. They, you, they it's just gonna crash and burn and if anything I like what they need to do is that they just need to make it like some weird carnival kind of thing. Like make it look like make it like a fucking county fair and have it be there for a week and then take it on the fucking road somewhere. And just leave it at that. Because other than that you get you got nothing. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be able to have like cool rides and experiences really. Okay, look, have okay all Assassin's Creed is going to be is a lame Renaissance fair with a couple roller coasters thrown in. Not even that. I would assume that it's just like Parkour, like a little parkour area where you can parkour over things. <laughs> you see, fucking like a bunch of fat kids trying to do parkour, and they just they can't even get up the first step. And they're like, they're the buttons on their little uh, assassin's coat are like <laughs> bursting. <laughs> One is like bent over like a hay bale, and like, still is like still like, like trying out his inhaler, and he's just like <laughs> gnawing, is like gnawing on the giant turkey leg he got from the <laughs> he got from the meat stand. <laughs> like. It, look, it's just I don't like no other company. What about Microsoft? Like Microsoft, you can do a Halo mm-hmm. world, you can do a Gears world. They have Sunset Overdrive. You were just playing that. Like, yeah, that would have been well, really. That would be really cool to like put in some kind of like. That's okay. One. That's one game. <laughs> My Sunset Overdrive is one motherfucking game. You can't make a whole thing off of just one. You can make a ride, maybe, and even and, like one ride ain't gonna do shit. I mean, it's just look, no other like. 
I can't even I can't even express it right now. Like like Microsoft and Sony, I don't like they've been around for a long time. It's just that they don't have the the memorable enough titles to actually pull this off. Because I mean, like when you really try and pin down memorable titles for the Xbox, all you really get is just Halo. Mm-hmm. Halo and Gears, I think, are really the only two. The only two, and then when you get, I mean, you get a little more with Sony. But I mean, like, when was the last time anyone's like talked about Sly Cooper? When was the last time anyone's ever talked about Jack and Daxter? Yeah, I mean, all you have, all you really have is like you have Crash Bandicoot just because it was some weird Sonic clone, and then you have maybe Spyro. Even then, whoever, who, when was the last time anyone played Spyro other than on that fucking, you know, like. Highlanders game, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> the Highlanders. <laughs> there can be only one. There can be only one Skylander. Whatever. It's Skylander. Fucking whatever. <laughs> I don't fucking play that shit. <laughs> Just, um, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like if they did it right and they generated enough interest behind it, not only could they um, build a park, but they could reinvigorate these franchises. Like that's what I think. Feel like they're doing with the Ratchet and Clank. You think there's not going to be a game that comes out almost simultaneously with a movie? No, there's going to definitely be a, a game coming out with the movie. Like, like they're the going to try and use that or movie direct sequel. to um, jumpstart that franchise again. Yeah. So why not do that with a park? I guess, but it just it just seems like like look, uh, a park would be way too much money in comparison to a movie. If if a movie becomes too much, you can literally just cut your losses and run. With a theme park, you have do you have like so many other expenses that you'd see kind of insane. You have like just yeah, no, you have to yeah, buy no. land and you, you got to develop the land and then after you develop the land you, you got to develop get rides and you got to like, you know, you have to hire designers, you have to hire engineers, you have to and then you have to make sure your clears with local governments. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be more expensive, but the payoff is also that much greater if it's a great place to go to. Um, I think like a like a whole like video game theme park would work well is if, if it was like a collaboration between like Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo and Ubisoft and like anyone else interested in it. I think that's what would work best is if it was just a big collaboration between and then it can like and then because I mean like everyone tries to rip off Disneyland anyway, you can just make like you know you have your, your Microsoft land, your Sony land, your Nintendo land, and then people will go and like visit whichever one they want. Yeah, and that would assume that they would all do that, which they never would. No. So, pretty much, uh, let's take what we can get with uh, Sony Land. Or uh, Microsoft Land. I mean, one thing I'm very excited for is the whole Nintendo Universal collaboration, and I think they're doing it right. Where they're already going to an established group that already established park, park, and, and the Barrier for entry as far as cost goes is going to be a lot lower than making your own park. Exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure you can boil down uh, Ubisoft to just Assassin's Creed. I mean, really, I mean, the rabbit's right, I guess, you know, in this uh, French theme park is fairly popular, but I don't think it's. that big of a... It's not a draw. Right. Like, if anything, it's just one of those things that people... Because, I mean, like, this um, you know, French theme park has been around for, you know, forever, I'm assuming. Or has yeah. been around for a while. It's been well-established on its own. So, when people go, they go, like, oh, hey, it's a ride based off of that stupid fucking game, The Rabbids. And then people go on it. And- yeah. 
So I think it would work. So so let's say um, let's say next week um, Six Flags comes out, and they're like, "All right, so we're gonna theme one of our roller coasters after Assassin's Creed stuff." Mm-hmm. There's gonna be like an eagle perch at the very top of this ride, and it's you know you're gonna dive down to this hay bale thing, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a roller coaster, but you do that, and there's like an Assassin's Creed little area. I feel like that would be more successful than making your own park. Yeah. It's just it's just kind of like when I think of theme parks, it's just kind of like a okay. So like Six Flags, the way they do is they just make roller coasters, and they don't try and gussy it up and make a lot of ambiance with it or anything. But whereas Disney and Universal, they give a lot of ambiance to their rides. So like when it's like the like there's a more of a story in tune with all those rides, which is something I really enjoy. So like they like I with like Assassin's Creed they can't just get away with just making a roller coaster and just calling it the Assassin's Creed roller coaster. They need to like put something in it that is in some way related to the story. Right, something that's going to make sense as far as for a fan of the, the game. Yeah, where they'll be able to be like, "Oh yeah, this is this thing or this is that thing." Like I said, if you're going to do an Assassin's Creed roller coaster, you know, you make this top uh, top of the roller coaster by some tall building. And when you go down, you're, like, going down into this, like, hay bale area. You know, like, if you're diving down to a hay bale or something. Or, uh, you know, you go through this inside area, and there's, like, little hieroglyphic things, like, glowing on the walls or something. I I, I imagine it would be something, like, when... Because, I mean, like, when you get into the into the rail car I imagine it'd be like you're a group of assassins that who've just been found and the Templars are chasing you and kind of like the you, uh, running through the roof the Transformers ride in a way yeah Granted, the uh, Transformers ride isn't that, isn't that great right but something but, along those lines to where um it's not maybe not like a full-on roller coaster or anything, but it's more like a motion ride that kind of goes on a rail. Yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be the only, that'd be the only way I can think they could pull it off. Because I mean, everything else too. I mean, like I can think of like a lot of really cool, like fun things. I mean, like like from Crash Bandicoot, you could literally have like an actual platforming stage, like that kids could like run around and jump on and yeah. try and make you know different jumps and run away from like giant fucking boulders or whatever because i would have fucking loved that shit as a kid i would have been on that shit all day but you know. i think times have changed now though that they wouldn't do that just because they're like someone might get injured and we're gonna get sued that's the reason why you put a little plastic plastic notice on the outside saying if you get hurt it's your own damn fault we assume With that no exact liability. language we assume no liability it's for your own damn kid. fault I'm going to say, you mean, if you ain't bleeding, you ain't hurt. So, you know, shut the fuck up and get up. And... That's probably not the best PR for No, it's the part. best PR. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my final piece of uh, gaming news, um, this was also leaked today. Um, Amazon put up a Minecraft story mode on their, uh, you know, like an Amazon listing thing. And they listed the release date for October 27th. So, like I said, they haven't announced a release date up to this point officially, but that wouldn't be too far off. I mean, apparently they were showing it off at PAX this last week. Yeah. Um, And it was playable there. So, it would make sense, especially because this is a a Telltale game. Um, 
and you know they they wait like a month, month and a half between episodes. Yeah, it would make sense that the first episode would be out kind of soon. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. I can't imagine what kind of storyline they would make. I mean, I imagine it would be just like the history of like the world you're in in Minecraft. Maybe. I mean, it seems like there's some kind of story mode. I'm sold on the voice acting alone. Who's who's voice acting? I mean, the lead is Patton Oswalt. Okay. So yeah. that's awesome. You're you're pretty much sold. There's there's plenty of uh, star power in that uh in that thing. I think we had talked about it uh in like one of our first podcasts. I think we talked about the uh, the cast list for. Uh, for Minecraft yeah. story mode, something like that. But yeah, Pat Nozzle. Is yeah. That it? And okay, I'd play it. Usually, he he, I he, that's enough to sell me on it yeah. for sure. Um, unless you got something else, I think that's gonna wrap up our uh, gaming news for the week. Not really. All right, so let's go to now. Let's go and take a quick break, and we will be back with all of your amazing movie news. Movies. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. We are back, back, back with movie news. Movie news. Joey, go ahead and lead us off. So, bad news to start things off with. Um, bad and sad news. Very two rhyming words, and this is that describes this news. Yeah, it does. Like, okay, so this hit me a lot harder than I thought it would because I just kind of stopped and kept thinking about it, and I realized how much like. His movies were kind of the first ones I kind of grew up watching. Right. Like, especially when it came to, like, horror movies. Uh, But, like, Wes Craven uh, passed away uh, earlier in the week, I believe on a Monday. Um, It was... uh, Or last weekend. Yeah, I think it was last weekend. Um, At least I didn't find out about it until, like, uh, the week when I was at work. Um, He passed away at the age of 76. Um, He has left behind uh, one of the most storied careers in filmmaking and, uh, you know, horror history. I mean, he he inspired so many people. Every, every, I'm sure most horror, you know, people out there are inspired by, by Craven for sure. I mean, like, most modern horror people. Nightmare on Elm Street is still regarded as one of the best horror films uh, to date. Right. I mean, like, and, like, besides it being or turning into just uh, a, another slasher series, it was something brand new and something interesting. It kind of gave us, it was also one of the earliest movies that uh, Johnny Depp was in as well. Right, right. Um, so weird to watch that movie yeah. and see him in it. It's kind of funny to watch him die, though. He dies in one of the most gruesome ways, and he came up with one of the most gruesome ways to kill people, too. I mean, like, he gets sucked into a bed, and then just, like, gets mulched, and all that comes out is just, like, a river of blood. <clears throat> and it's just it, it's, it's just a fun movie. It's a good movie to watch, and it's one of the best Halloween movies you could ever watch as well. But yeah, uh, you know, Wes Craven passed away. It's kind of sad. It's really sad. Yeah. I mean, like, I did not expect it to hit me as hard as it did, but, like, I just kind of kept stopping and thinking, like, man, yeah, like, like was that one of his movies? Yeah, and, like, was even, like, it, you're, you're mentioning just Nightmare on Elm Street, but he also did Scream. He did, he did the Scream and movies. And Scream is... Such an important 
part of horror movie history, in my opinion, just because it took horror movies and it kind of made them kind of funny in a way. You know, it kind of like added a level of comedy to like these it, horror he, movies. He, he, he turned it on its head with them um, with that movie, uh, kind of making it very self-aware and making it uh, just kind of trying to steer clear the of uh, the typical slasher movie cliches but still also kind of adhering Playing to them as into well. them um, and, but being aware that he's doing it yeah I mean like there there are moments where they were saying like you know like why doesn't she just you know run out the front door when she's being chased by the killer instead of running upstairs and at this point they get like you know there's kind of like they, there's Reasons as to why you know Sydney at one point runs upstairs instead of you know out the front door, right, or something along those lines. And but you know also like the the Scream movie and the first two were just such products of their time. They were such '90s movies. Yeah, it was insane. But you know it's kind of surprising how well they kind of they kind of hold up. And you know even then like it, like his career kind of spanned a little bit further than just, you know, horror movies. You know, he was also able to kind of make fun of himself because in, um, they, I'm, you've seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, right? Yeah. There was a scene where um, Jay and Silent Bob uh, make their way to the Miramax uh film sets. Right. And they're on the set of what was then Scream 4 where the killer turns out to be a monkey. And then, like, Wes Craven, and you assume that he's just being super serious about this, too. It's like, he just goes up to the actors and says, hey, what's wrong? He's like, why are you giving me a fucking monkey that's my murderer? Are you even trying more? He's like, what? People love monkeys. <laughs> it was one of the best lines and one of the best moments in that entire movie. And it was, one, it was like, still one of my favorite cameos in any movie ever. So, you know, just, man, just thinking about it. And like and looking back at his earlier work, I mean, he did uh, The Hills Have Eyes, yeah, and The Last House on the Left, which which he remade himself right uh, back in the early to mid two thousands, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's had a he had a fucking such a influential career and such a yeah big slate of movies that he's like you know that that's gonna go on and is gonna inspire people for a hundred years. Yep. If not longer, I mean, he's just man, like, and it's it's kind of, it's kind of crazy when you think like how much of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies he's uh, done himself because remarkably he did the first one and then he did a, uh, the third one as well and yeah. then uh, and then he did New Nightmare, right. which was kind of like that weird meta remake. Of the first one, uh, and he he always took weird chances like that with his movies. He tried to elevate horror in a way that not a lot of people were elevating it at the time, and trying to bring it into quote unquote the real world, right? And uh, try and make it that much more tangible for everybody else to establish is like um, to to imagine. And in my head, he was kind of like like as close as, as we got to a modern like Alfred Hitchcock. In yeah. A way. Yeah. At least in terms of you know, you know, building suspense and horror, and trying just just trying new things, not necessarily director wise, but storytelling wise, he definitely tried a whole hell of a lot of new things. And the hell, is it going back to you know, the hills have eyes. Um, my job where I have to deliver 
uh, stuff out into the countryside and into the mountains. Right. Anytime I have somebody with me on delivery and we're in an area that's like really dilapidated or just like really <laughs> gnarly looking or like we can't see anybody, I usually just say this is this is this is where we die. This is where the hills have eyes, hillbillies come out, and this is where they're gonna rape and murder us. Or murder than rape us yeah so like like just his his movies just stay with people for the longest time and i remember watching the original hills have eyes only once and you know just but you remember it i i remember it i remember it vividly i even remember the, the remake and how just kind of way more over the top the remake was visually than the yeah. first one. So he always tried to top himself with every other movie he made. And that's that's something that you don't see in a lot of direct, uh, directors. A lot of directors get very comfortable with what they do. Yep. And if it's successful, they'll just stick to that until it's not successful anymore. Yeah. Uh, he was very willing to and wanted to, I would say, push himself to um, direct, you know, push his directing limits. Yeah. And push what he can, I would almost say, get away with. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it's, it's kind of sad to see him go, but, you know, his legacy will live on. And, you know, we're probably, and this year in the Oscars, we're more than likely going to see an extended uh, tribute to him right, in, right. The, in the in memoriam uh, portion of the show. So uh, moving on, though, from. To lighter news. To lighter news. Uh, there has been a definite change in the um, the chain of command for Marvel Studios. A um, big shakeup. A big, big shakeup. Big shakeup going on over so, there. Uh, Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige, whatever the hell you want to pronounce his fucking. <laughs> I've always said it Feige because I thought this is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I can't pronounce his last name, so fuck it. Um, it's gonna change every single time I say it. <laughs> um, uh, he like so now uh, Kevin Feige is gonna be. Uh, Reporting to uh, Alan Horn at Disney Studios, um, right. uh, the Walt Disney Studios chairman. Uh, so he's and not- for those who don't know, um, who is Feige? Feige is the man in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So every every Marvel movie that we've seen so far that's considered part of the Cinematic Universe, he's pretty much yeah. had his all of them from Marvel Studios anyway, right? And also the new broker deal with uh, Sony Pictures for uh, the right. rights to Spider-Man. He is the man. He's the guy who's been putting this together, and he has like this weird encyclopedia, like you know, knowledge of the Marvel universe in its entirety. That it's kind of frightening, and you also kind of where you're almost like only Stan Lee could really be the only other person. Like Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby are the only people who could have this. He must have like stolen their brains and just like put them in his head. So. You know, uh, he's um, he's still in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and pretty much the head of Marvel Studios and the direction that all these movies go in. Um, but he's going to have to report directly to uh, Alan Horn of which Walt is Stu- which um, from the kind of reading I've done is nothing but good news. Yeah, kind because of- the previous person he had to report to and I'm the name is escaping me um, but the previous person he had to report to at Marvel Studios um, was very big like penny pincher 
He didn't yeah. want he he didn't want to spend this extra money to uh, you know, do this or do that and wanted to cut certain things and didn't like certain things. Yeah, I have I have his name right here, Isaac Perlmutter. And okay. he's he's the guy in charge of uh, the, all the Marvel stuff that's going on TV. So pretty much, you know, Agent Carter right. and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pretty much are the only ones he's in charge of at the moment. Yeah, and I would think that the movie universe has very much superseded the TV universe. Pretty much. So why I, I don't really understand why he's he was reporting to him in the first place. I think it's like, well, he's Marvel Entertainment CEO. Okay, that would make sense. Um but yeah, no, it's nothing but good news in my opinion yeah. to hear that this has happened because um, Disney understands the values of these properties yeah. and will not hesitate to throw more money at them if they need it, um, whether that be to make, like, you know, uh, I, I don't know what you would really need it for, maybe to have an extra scene in the movie yeah, or maybe to... Uh, have them be more willing to take a risk on making a slightly longer movie but making it that much better by, you know, making it just a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, those calls seem like they're made by that top person in command. Mm-hmm. And uh, with this shakeup, it definitely seems like nothing but good news. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's uh, not going to... It's not. This is not going to change anything for the most part. For, um, for us, the consumer, no. And before we really see anything change, it's going to be a couple years from now um, when they start those new movies. Yeah. Because right now, everything's still being reported to this other guy. Yeah. Well, like, um, because um, right now, everything's kind of locked in the way it was. Right. And if anything changes in the production of these upcoming movies, like, uh, I think they're they're working on Black Panther right now. Yeah, because they, they shipped some, like, costume stuff or like some uh set shots yeah recently. and they're also working on as either uh they're filming uh civil war at the moment right and uh i think uh uh you know uh tim gunn is working on <clears throat> he's working on uh, uh guardians 2 yeah so you know it's uh nothing for the most part is going to change if anything just like the the change that's going to happen is just these guys and the job that they're going to do is probably going to change up a little bit and i think this is just going to give Faye more room to to be creative to do kind of what he wants to do yeah he's not going to be able to he's not going to be interrupted because i guess him and that and promoter guy were clashing a lot in his decisions and uh I imagine why Faye would be able to clash with the CEO is because the, the CEO needs needs Feige that much. Yeah. Because I mean, without him, I can guarantee you a lot of those movies are going to fall apart way too quickly. Yeah. I mean, he goes over to DC and all of a sudden DC's on the DC's game. movies are actually palatable to watch. He's <laughs> like, okay, guys, so this is how you do the Superman movies. He goes over to Fox and all of a sudden they actually make a good Fantastic. Four. They make. It's like all of a sudden like that sequel happens and all of a sudden I love. You know Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch. Yeah, where I thought he was one of the weaker parts of the movie. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. Some more so, news. so moving on to some more news. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, so Bill Murray, after a long time of saying he's not going to do uh, a sequel or show up in any other uh, uh, Ghostbusters. Um, Product or franchise show, TV, video game, TV show, whatever, uh, announced that he's going to be having a cameo in this new all-female Ghostbusters movie. Um, 
Now I have uh, I have the article right here. Um, Let's see, it says, For a long time, it seemed Bill Murray was on the Ghostbusters franchise, and after a successful sequel in 1989, Murray dragged his feet, reprising the role of Peter Venkman for the potential Ghostbusters 3. His year-long hesitation eventually scuttled the notion of the direct sequel, paving the way for next year's series reboot, directed by Paul F Fye, whatever. <laughs> it came as a surprise then when uh, reports broke weeks ago that Murray had actually taken a part in the new film. Instead of playing Venkman, it's rumored that Murray will appear as a character out to debunk the new Ghostbusters crew, played by Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McCannon, and Leslie Jones. Uh, when we caught up with Murray in this blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, so does this mean that the movie doesn't take place in that same no, universe? No. This, this is a complete remake. It's, okay. it's completely disregarding the original movies, which is what, which is the reason why I don't really like it at all. Because I would like it a whole lot better if, like, if like Murray came back as Venkman and just passed the torch to this That's new group. That's always what I thought would make the most sense. Is just yeah. have them cameo in the beginning. This is what I this is what I want from Star Wars too. Well, have these characters in the beginning. These old characters that you remember to bring up that nostalgia, and you're like, yeah, okay, I can get into this. They hand off the torch to the next people, and they're just gone. Yeah, that's all you I need. Mean, it's just a little bit of buffer room. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, hell, like at the end of the movie, you can cut to you know Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, you know, and you know Carl Weathers looking dude. I can't remember his real name. <laughs> you know, like in the Bahamas somewhere with the Hawaiian shirts and lays around their neck. You know, just like you know, drinking out of coconuts, and that would be it. That's all you need. Is like I just don't like that. This is just a completely different movie. I, it, like taking place in a completely different universe. I think that this just need, like if anything, like I can already tell you, like uh, Bill Murray is just going to be the character in the first movie trying to debunk the Ghostbusters, and then you know, you know, ends up unleashing all the ghosts back into New York. Yeah, and that's it. And I, I don't know. I mean, like it's kind of a. Yeah, it seems kind of upsetting that they wouldn't. Uh, acknowledge that they were previous ghost, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, you know, like even if, um, even if you know, it's just some stupid scene, and let's say one of them is, I don't know, like some kind of librarian or something. Yeah, something stupid. But like they have a little Ghostbusters patch, and they're like, oh, I guess you guys are doing. Yeah, it. something, something, something to kind of acknowledge lines. that they did it first. Yeah, and. That it's they're retired grown. now. They're done. You it's know, it's just grown as a company to where they're the new. You know, they they took over for the right. original guys. It's. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure a rewrite of that of the script. You can keep the majority of the script the same, but I'm pretty sure just a quick rewrite or a quick, you know, adding like a scene or two would just take care of that in a heartbeat. But you okay, know, so wouldn't it make more sense to just have it be like, okay, the company grew. You have all these different chapters. Yeah, quote unquote, I said, I said this exactly yeah, in like different, you know, different parts of the country, and, and yeah, like you said, they, to the point to where these are the new Ghostbusters, and they're just like, oh, and they're I, being trained I, by old Ghostbusters or yeah. something. I mean, it's like, uh, it's or like even if they run into them at a pizza joint, they're like, oh, I guess you guys are, yeah, you know, they, you, you can just be like waiting in line behind them at a pizza place, and they're yeah. just like, you know, I started that company, yeah. 
And they're just like, who are you? I mean, like, it, it, it was kind of sucks, especially with the way the internet is. You can't say anything bad about this movie because they immediately assume you're talking about the cast, and which, you know, makes you, you know, an idiot or whatever. I, I like the cast. The cast is... I'm excited the, for the Christian cast. Christian Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are pretty funny. I don't remember the other... The other ladies who are in the movie, I don't think I've seen any, anything with them in it, so I can't comment on whether or not I think they're funny. But, but I mean, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, in my opinion, have that star power and have that comedy power to even carry those other two and I, if they underperform. I, I really want to see them play off of each other directly in a, in, yeah. in a movie because, I mean, they were in, uh, you know bridesmaids together but they didn't have like scenes like a lot of scenes together. where they were playing off of yeah. each other yeah. I want to see I want to see how they react to one another and how well they uh, how well their comedic chops like stand up against each other because I mean when you can put two funny people in a room you just get you know good stuff most of the time. I mean if you just I mean like look at uh, you know Step Brothers I, like how much of that movie was ad lib between you know Will Ferrell and John C. Ryder yeah and uh, most of it from what I've heard is just they had a script sort sort of like okay this is gonna happen you've got to deliver these lines but there's so much of that movie where they've come out and they're like oh yeah that wasn't even in the movie yeah that wasn't even in the script yeah and, yeah like like the whole scene where uh, he get the guy gets pushed out of the treehouse that line right after that completely <laughs> completely ad libbed and it was just you know it's done so perfectly where they're like yeah it's gonna stay in the movie that's amazing yeah you know? I mean so you know I, I I'm I'm just really a lot more hesitant now. I mean, I love Bill Murray and I like all the weird cameos he does in a bunch of other movies. I mean, uh, the Darjeeling Limited was a movie I was not very fond of, but that that one scene that he was in at the very beginning of it just made that entire movie palatable to me. Yeah, and it's like same with you know. Uh, I said, well, damn it! There, there was another movie he had a quick little cameo in, but now I'm, I'm blanking on it. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but like anything he's, he's. I think in, one of my favorite cameos that he did was in Zombieland. Zombieland was a good one, and it's just like he was just there. Yeah, <laughs> he I mean, like there's no rhyme or reason being Bill Murray. It was just, just like no more rhyme or reason, just him literally being Bill Murray. Yeah, and it's just. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's it's always funny when you see like online people write these like like completely outrageous stories about meeting Bill Murray in in their life. Like there was like 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 someone said like uh, um like he came up to my cash register and he took like a bunch of stuff without paying for or like he he only paid for it in ones and he didn't even pay for like all of it and he left. And he just said to, and he just said to the cashier, "No one will ever believe you," and just walked out with everything. That's so funny. There, there, there's always a bunch of weird stuff like that. And like he's just, it's just Bill Murray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's awesome. I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so moving, moving on from one cameo to yeah, we'll move on to this other uh, kind of cameo appearance that he's done. Benicio del Toro. Uh, Kind of like most recently uh, did a cameo in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, that one little short scene as the Collector, and he was really, really good in that. Um, he was definitely a really big highlight of the movie. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and he was able to play that sinister, that kind of weird, ambiguously sinister role uh, really easily. Um, but now 
uh, it's kind of been announced, kind of, sort of, not really, uh, that he's going to be a villain in Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. And let's see if I can get the article right here. Um, I mean... I am kind of excited. He's got a fucking weird face. I think I can say that, right? I mean, he's got yeah. kind of like a weird he, mug. He looks like he's been so, through some shit. Yeah, and that that's kind of what you need out of a Star Wars villain. Yeah. Um, you need someone who looks weathered. You don't want some pretty boy bad guy. Yeah. Because then it's just like, well, obviously you haven't proven yourself. Yeah. So um, so this came out from some Spanish outlet uh, called uh, rack1.org. Uh, I get, uh, so... Here's um, He was asked a couple questions, and here's what he was saying. He said, Star Wars is coming up. We'll see how that turns out. I think we start shooting in March. And then the reporter asked uh, asked him what his role would be in that movie. Uh, and then Del Toro said, eh, the thing is, they don't let me talk about that too much. I'm like the villain, but we'll see. So just to, just to him say, I'm like the villain, I guess... Like he, yeah. I mean, it could be someone who's like morally ambiguous, who may be like a traitor, or he may be like a bad guy who turns and a bounty hunter, of, or yeah. someone like Han Solo who yeah. just happens to be working for the Empire instead. You know, yeah. you, don't, you don't know. So, you, like, we kind of get we're we're it's like we're getting like these little tidbits of information about the movie without getting actual information about the movie and that's what you need like before a movie comes out right like it builds such hype behind this thing where you're just like i need to know more like tell me more but obviously they're gonna be like you know i can't say anything else i mean like and jj abrams is just really good at taking care of that kind of stuff though he must like you know like threaten to murder people's families or something in order to pull this off because there's no other way this stuff doesn't get leaked beforehand. I mean, like the Star Trek movies, nothing got leaked about that about those movies. Yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. Maybe he just keeps it super low key to where no one really questions or bothers to answer. I, it about. seems like he he's the kind of person who it's just like on a need to know basis. Yeah, you know, if you're gonna do something. You're not going to be briefed about it until you're doing it. Not know? even Tarantino can pull this shit off either, because his entire script for Hateful Eight got fucking leaked. Yeah. So, you just kind of, you know... Like I said, I'm sure the people he works with, he trusts, you know, with his own life, I'm sure. What if it's like the long con kind of kind of thing? Like, all the people he works with, all of a sudden, just one day, well, as, soon as, the, as soon as the movie, like, the rough cut of the movie is done, it just gets, like... There's like a million bootleg DVDs of of Star Wars episode. Is like whatever of like episode eleven shit that hasn't even been written yet. Like all of a like sudden we it's already just out. have this test footage though, and it's mostly animatics and bad uh, Showed me it, and here it is. Yeah. So you know, um, so interesting information with no real new information. I guess. Yeah. Um, I like Benicio del Toro as a, as an actor. He's a really great actor. Um, the last role I really think I saw him in was uh, Inherent Vice, and he was really good in that. He's kind of like this shady, almost crooked cop uh, yeah, who has yeah. this obsession with shrimp. So <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's exciting news. Um, I definitely think whatever role he's in, he's going to do a great job. Okay, so moving on. Uh, this one I was not aware of, but Mega Man uh, is apparently being developed uh, for Fox Studios. Yeah, they, they kind of came out and just talked about... Uh, they're just like uh, Mega Man uh, movies in development. Um, that doesn't really mean much, 
because how often do we see movies go into development and not be produced for years? They just or, get stuck in production you know, hell. Yeah, essentially uh, writing and rewrites, and you know, it's just producers say yay and nay, and you know, you just kind of have all these problems uh, yeah. going on that might keep it from happening. But apparently, they're developing something. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure there's some people who are listening to this because at first I thought it too, but you're probably thinking like, well, you know. I would think that any Nintendo, you know, property would be given to Universal first. This is a, uh, I, but then it took me a little bit to remember this is a Capcom property. Yeah, technically Mega Man is Capcom, even though they did debut almost exclusively on uh, Nintendo. Nintendo platforms. Um, but yeah, uh, Capcom property. Um, yeah, it's kind of exciting. I mean. Um, how exactly would do that movie? I'm not entirely too sure. Yeah. Um, because you would need to have enough in there to um, kind of uh, make sense yeah, to a normal audience and then kind of respect the gaming aspect of it as well. I mean, because, I mean, like, the game is just, like, you mean you select your stage and then you go through all the platforming and then you have your boss fight. I mean, obviously the big story is always, like, Dr. Uh, Wily, um, you know, injected this virus into these robots and, you know, you have to go and... Yeah. Shit. It can definitely be a very action-packed movie. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll see. I mean, like, uh, we won't really hear much about this for a little while. Yeah. So, like, pretty much development just means they're looking for, uh, you know, the, the script is being developed. It's probably been written already, but they're probably getting other writers to look it to, over, to rework it. Uh, uh, yeah, people to read through it and make edits. And, and then they're going to start running that around to directors to see who's interested, and they're running that around to actors to see who's interested. And then after people sign on, uh, and even then sign on, they don't, like, sign on for money or anything. They just... Say yeah, I'm interested in doing it. I'll probably do it, and then, and then they start from there, and they go like, okay, so this is what we need, and then they start developing the logistics of making the movie. Right. So we're probably not going to see this for another like couple years. Maybe. But the idea that it's happening is uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's kind of cool to. Um, so Mega Man, I mean, like I said, it really doesn't have too much of a story. Mm-hmm. Um. Of course, like I said, there is some semblance of a story, but it's not a narrative-driven game. Yeah. Um, so with something like that, I feel like it's so easy to kind of take that and kind of make it into your own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like I think we've talked about Gears of War, possibly like you know being a good thing to be remade into a movie. Yeah. Um, but it's very narrative-driven to the point to where you almost have to remain. Very, very loyal to the source yeah. material. With Mega Man, I don't think you really have that problem. I think no, you can, there's not that much of a narrative to it anyway. Yeah, so you can definitely kind of do your own spin on it, kind of go your own way. Um, a lot of people might not like it, but, you know, it's how you open things up to a new audience. Yeah. Um, what excites me as far as gaming in this goes is if this is wildly successful, we're going to get more Mega Man games. I fucking love <laughs> Mega Man games. And then maybe fucking Capcom, you'll fucking get off your ass and uncancel Mega Man Legends 3, you fucking assholes. Got me all excited for Mega Man Legends 3. All excited. I was like, what? Mega Man Legends 3 on the DS? This shit gonna be dope. And then like they're like, yeah, we're gonna make it. And everybody like send in your character designs and it's gonna be great. And then all these people send in character designs like this this will look cool and this would be neat. And then they're after all of this, they're like, 
there's just not enough people who want this, so we're just going to cancel this project. Fuck you, Capcom. It's God okay. damn it. It's it, it's okay, Johnny. <laughs> no, I'm upset. No. <laughs> Nigga, no. take a breath. No, no I'm upset. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can definitely see this, uh, see that definitely revitalizing interest in the game. I just kind of like, I, I don't, I, I don't just don't know like who they would cast or who would be the right director for this. Because I mean, you would need to get someone who has a love for the game and understands the game enough to actually, you know, not fuck it up. Right. And I almost, in in, in a way, thinking about it now. I kind of feel that the the last uh, Judge Dredd movie with Carl Urban, in a way, is kind of a Mega Man movie. I can see that. Cause, Definitely. Because I mean, like, I mean, he's just going through levels until he finally gets the, to the boss areas, and you know that, that's all he does. Mm. You know, uh, like same with the raid, except you know the raid has like ten million fucking cops in it, but like like something in that style. I imagine could work for a Mega Man game, a Mega Man movie. I mean, okay, so even taking away just like a normal standard thing, um, you can do so much with these characters. I mean, like uh, Cutman. Um, you have this like assassin robot guy who's like throwing knives and stuff yeah. like that instead um, of the scissors on his head. Yeah, exactly. I kind of like the scissors like, on the head though. Yeah, but that's not going to translate very well in movies. But I want scissors on the head. Mm. Fuck you. Uh, but we're, like, you know, you have some kind of assassin character. Um, and you know, it, you know, you can even let's say if you have a scissors on the head. God damn it! <laughs> what? It you needs to have, be scissors. You no. You can just have like some kind of other thing to okay. So not like say so, truly like you know okay. So true uh, to the source material. Okay. So like, okay. So I, I imagine like that could work. Like maybe. Uh, um, a robot that's been trained to use like a sword or other um, or like knives, but then there has to be to like make a it, moment. Like, interesting, you can make them more like replicants. Yeah, where they're kind of like human robots because yeah. that's what Mega Man is, right? He's like yeah. a human, he's supposed to be he's human. got a little mega, he's got a little Mega Man body, like a little robot body, and like the blue underwear over everything else. Yeah, I mean, like I imagine like they would put like little in jokes like that though, to where like if like. You know, Cutman gets completely disarmed. Like, there's a moment where he's just reaching for stuff, and he grabs like a pair of scissors and fucking throws them. Right. I would love it if that was in there, though. Or like, there's a camera shot where it's kind of like panning uh, across to Cutman. He's got like a little scissor thing, like in the background, but it kind of looks like he's on his head as it's like panning <laughs> the camera or something. You know, just little things like that to kind of like give that homage to to, uh, the, to the gamers. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, so you know, I, I kind of I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I really, really want this to, um, to happen now that I'm really thinking about it. Because if also I'm thinking like if this does good, along with all the other like video game movies that are in development at the moment, then we're just gonna get like hopefully other good video game movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you with uh, with like the Borderlands movie, there's gonna be a lot of comedy in that movie. It's yeah, be very funny. It's gonna be very violent. Um, I would almost say close to like what a Deadpool movie might be. Pretty much, you know. I imagine. So, um, yeah, the 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 time is right for these kind of movies. It's just yeah. a matter of actually getting it done. Um, hopefully, they're successful, right? Hopefully, yeah. they do good and right by these properties. So, because or else we're just gonna be fucked and we're not gonna get another uh, video game movie for ten years. That's it. <laughs> 
Okay, moving on. Um, so, in some news that should not surprise anybody, uh, Tom Hardy may be the frontrunner for the new James Bond series of films. So, where this came from, um, there's some uh, English company that kind of uh, is essentially putting betting odds on yeah. you know all these actors that might be um, the new James Bond, and they gave uh, Tom Hardy the. Uh, the best odds. Well, I mean, like it makes the most sense because Tom Hardy is kind of blown up at the moment, and he's becoming extremely popular. I mean, Mad Max was one of the biggest movies of the summer. Um, in the drop, he was like the only reason to really watch the drop, uh, and uh, pretty much anything else he's in, people end up going to see it because he's kind of he's kind of a money maker. He's a draw now. Yeah, and. Like I, I can definitely see him being a James Bond, but he seems like he's a little bit too, I guess, like brutish for the role because he's always like these big bruiser characters. Yeah, James Bond is more of a uh, a suave, yeah, very mm, detail-oriented type of. That being said, I, it's, I think he's got the acting chops where he could easily pull that. Yeah, kind of a suave guy, uh, you know, thing. Uh, and when you but, really think about it, too, the last few James Bond movies have just been action movies and not really espionage movies. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely changed as far as that goes because these last ones, the Daniel Craig ones, have definitely had a lot more action shots, a lot more action scenes than like you know something with Sean Connery. Yeah, so I mean, so. There was like so I guess there's that news, but there's also like talks of like uh, Idris Elba being uh, another James Bond. There was a lot of backlash about what about what, the, what the author said. Yeah, I mean like granted though he didn't say anything about it about him being black. He just said that he seems like he's too street, and I actually kind of agree with that because if you look back at a lot of his past roles, it's because he plays street thug type of characters, you know, like who are just like high ranking in games yeah. or whatever. I mean, the same goes with, you know, Tom Hardy. I mean, like, he plays, like, these big, thuggish, you know, brutish-type characters. I mean, the, I mean, if you look in, like, Bronson and, uh, you know, and, like, kind of recently, you know, The Dark Knight Rises, like, he, the, the dude is a fucking giant, you know? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, he's short as shit, but, like, he's, like, he's, like, all, he's, like, almost pure muscle for, like, most roles he's in. Yeah. And that's not going to really fit well with James Bond, because Daniel Craig kind of fits the bill perfectly because he's you know been in those kind of like espionage movies i mean like pretty much his his major like audition quote unquote audition movie for uh james bond was layer cake and yeah. layer cake um and layer cake was pretty good um and same with uh you know the girl with the dragon tattoo it's still kind of like a similar ish uh vibe to it yeah and, and you're not gonna have a james bond that's like super cut like beefcake, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that wouldn't make sense with this suit. Yeah. So, I mean, I like, mean it, it gets hidden by the suit anyway, so yeah. he's just. But at the same be... time, in every single one of these movies, James Bond is going to pop that shirt off. Yeah. So, you can't have, like, this giant, bulking, you know, yeah. dude b- behind the, the suit. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to have someone who's. Obviously, like fit and well, you know, yeah. cut and everything. So, so these characters, you know, like you're talking about Tom Hardy, like he was fucking built 
in Batman. Yeah. As Bane. Like, he was a fucking... It was kind of ridiculous. He was fucking beefcake in that movie. He's like, beefcake! Beefcake! So, you know, like, he... Like, it was kind of ridiculous how big he got for that role. I mean, like, and also, like, like as I mentioned earlier, too, Bronson. If you ever get a chance to see Bronson, like, they're... Like, he's gigantic in that movie, too. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. And, you know, Idris Elba and Tom Hardy have the chops to kind of pull off a suave character, but you just can't help but get, you know, the wire out of your mind, or you know, fucking yeah. Bane out of your mind when you see him. All yeah, you no, see, without a doubt. All you see when you see Daniel Craig is James Bond. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, even if you saw him before before James Bond, when they kind of you know, announced that he was going to be the new James Bond, people were upset, one, because he was blonde. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, he, he, he kind of fits that bill. He kind yeah. of fits like a James Bond bill. Yeah. I mean, like, and even then, the, like, I also really like how <clears throat> in, like, the, the fan theory, and it's not really much of a fan theory, almost, it's almost been kind of confirmed by, like, the, even, like, the production companies and the people who make the movies. That James Bond and 007 are just code names. That's what I've always assumed. Yeah, 007 has just been a... That's always what I've thought. Like, even before, um, you know, these whole fan theories kind of arose, I've always been like, obviously they're all different. And, you know, I just kind of figured, it. yeah, like M is a code name, 007 is a code name. Um, You know, just whoever's whoever's like, is that top agent. Yeah. And, you know... uh, so, you know, that's the reason why we kind of gone through, even though it doesn't quite make sense because it went from, you know, Sean Connery to Roger Moore to back to Sean Connery, you know, yeah, uh, like essentially. I mean, and there, there's been other, you know, George Lazenby and, you know, Timothy Dalton, uh, you know, have been and, you know, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, so, you know, it just kind of in my head, it makes more sense and also kind of just gives way to, you know, opening it up to other actors as well. So, you know, but. I don't know. I just don't really think that Tom Hardy is going to be the next uh, James Bond. I don't think yeah, he's going to be able I mean, to. I think he's... Um, it'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, just because he does have that track record of all these other things he's done. And usually when you go to the movies, you want... Uh, I, I would assume as like a producer and as a director, you want people to think of that character exclusively to your movie not like yeah. oh that James Bond was in uh, Batman yeah. or he was in Mad Max you know yeah. he's like you know like oh he's like hey did you hear they got Mad Max to be the new James Bond yeah, yeah that's exactly. not gonna fly yeah you don't that's not gonna that. happen so yeah I could definitely see that not happening yeah. that would be pretty cool yeah it would, it would be cool I mean but it makes sense but also doesn't make sense at the same time yeah. I mean like, it makes sense why they would because he's a big box office draw but also makes sense why they wouldn't so you know but moving on from uh, James Bond talk, apparently uh, Steven Spielberg's opinion on comic, on comic book movies is that uh, they're going to go the way of the Western. And so for people who don't know, uh, the Western was really big back in the 70s. You know, you know those old movies that your dad likes to watch? 
Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Those those western movies. Shit, I like watching those movies. I fucking love western movies. But um, yeah, I know. But we were yeah. we were watching Once Upon a Time in the West before we had to record our, um, our last podcast. Yeah, I mean, like one because Charles Bronson is the man, and two, Sergio Leone's you know everything he does is like fucking awesome. But one of, one of the best movies of all time, in my opinion, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I mean, like, I mean, Clint Eastwood's career wouldn't be around if it weren't for westerns, right? You know, without a doubt, that and Dirty Harry maybe. But um, anywho, uh, so the western back in the seventies and the late sixties essentially were huge. It's, well, actually, they they were huge from silent film era up until the 70s there were they were a hundreds huge, thousands they were a huge hit with uh american audiences because it was like a celebration of of us essentially a celebration of our culture and like what we were and you know yeah. what we accomplished i mean like the developing of the whole western united states um the the lawlessness the um you know the one good gunslinger who you know comes into town and clean and cleans everything up or the one sh- the idyllic sheriff who you know changes everything or something along those lines yeah. or you know and then later down the line with Sergio Leone being kind of like more ambiguous with his uh, with his characters, kind of you know showing uh, you know characters you know out for their own or you know like they're still good but not that good and yeah where it's kind of like they're in that moral middle ground where yeah. it's like they're they're neither necessarily good or bad they're kind of just looking out for themselves yeah and whatever benefits them in that moment yeah exactly whether it be rob a train or help some kid yeah you know it just kind of depends on what they're feeling at the moment yeah and, and at one point westerns hit such a peak that people stopped going to see them and he and then so like he's equating that to what comic book movies are now and i can definitely see that because we're getting like like after like uh this new phase of marvel movies kicks in we're gonna be getting three marvel movies a year that's only three. marvel and we're gonna be getting dc movies coming up here soon yeah and they're gonna start stacking quick yeah and like and because dc is in a rush to uh, play catch up with this, they're just gonna. I could see them easily oversaturating the market. Yeah, they're gonna be the ones who are gonna tip the boat on this, guaranteed. And and then whatever Fox is doing, and whatever, whatever the fuck Fox whatever, is gonna be doing, whatever the fuck they're doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean they have they, they don't really have the best track record either. So you know we're just gonna. But essentially, uh, he's saying that they're gonna hit such a peak to where no one's gonna want to see these anymore. And I'm already kind of there. I'm like not really excited for the you know the last Thor movie. Um, I'm happy that Iron Man is done making movies. Yeah, I can't stand another Iron Man movie because I didn't like the last two, um, and ugh, it's just like. And like I, I think they're trying to remedy this by making new heroes to make new movies out of. But even then. That's not going to be enough because there's still going to be a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, and the only thing is now you're not having this box office draw of Superman. Yeah, um, I, I guess Iron Man really wasn't all that big when it first started, but you know now you mentioned Iron Man, everybody knows Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're not going to have these big names to help draw in an audience anymore. Yeah, because <laughs> you're really starting to draw that or you know run that well dry. Mm-hmm. You know you've already had all your big characters have movies now you're kind of digging into the uh into the c-list yeah a little bit and sometimes that works for him but you know i mean like iron man was kind of a c-list character definitely before uh you know the movies came out i would yeah. agree with you um so you know uh i i have to agree with spielberg on this i mean 
it's just like at this point, I mean, everyone's complaining about how many superhero movies are coming out. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It, like, I, I don't really have a very, very strong opinion of it. I just know that I'm kind of getting, you know, a little sick of all these comic book movies coming up. And well, I guess like superhero movies, because comic book movies in general, I think are going to be fine. But, you know, uh, superhero movies are going to be going the way of the Dodo sooner or later. Yeah, I, I think uh, over the next couple of years, this market is definitely going to become oversaturated and it's just going to, it's kind of going to happen with what's happening with zombie movies right now. Zombie movies were really big. Uh, what six seven years ago? Yeah, and now they're starting to die off. Really, the only thing you have going on is The Walking Dead. Yep, and even then, that's not really a zombie show. It's more of like a it's just TV drama. Yeah, it, it, with it, it was yeah with zombies in the background. That's that's really all it is, you know. And I I just can't I just can't really see any other way to remedy this or go about it. I mean, because uh, if you look at other the, the comic movies have been doing fine for years. I mean, you look at Road to Perdition, that's a comic book movie. Yeah. If you look at, uh, let's see, uh, you know, Spawn, I mean, Spawn wasn't that great. Yeah, they didn't, that, <laughs> that wasn't really all that. But um, The Losers with, uh, the, I can't remember his real name now, Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, uh, that so wasn't Cap- with Captain, Captain Cap. Yeah, like w- that wasn't that bad of a movie, and that was fine. No one really knew that was a comic book movie. Red was a comic book movie as well. I mean, like uh, most comic book movies that we watch are, we don't really even know. I mean, one of my favorite one, my one of my favorite comic book movies is American Splendor, and no one really knew that was a comic book movie until they sat down and watched it because they yeah. address in the movie that this is based off of a comic book, a biographical comic book. Yeah. So, so I. Um, I don't think we're there just yet, but I think we're going to be there Soon. soonish. Yeah. And, you know, saying that uh, the Westerns are kind of like a celebration of our past, I mean, there's not really we're really celebrating with uh, comic book movies, so I can see it really easily just being dropped. Yeah. You know, at least with Westerns, we kind of, uh, we're like, oh, you know, that's kind of like our culture. That's what we have. You know, other countries have uh, these like long yeah. lineage of cultures. All we really have is. I mean, Japan had you know Akira Kurosawa movies, um, which were all like samurai flicks. Yeah. Which you could easily equate to their western. So yeah. Which equate as their western movie. So you know, uh, every country that has a film industry has their own like heritage movies. But you know, when you oversaturate the market, you don't really. You're you're kind of you, just you're just kind of like you're you're squeezing that lemon way too dry. Yeah, and eventually you're just beating a dead horse. Yeah, no, so. I uh, I agree with you. Um, anything? Any other news, Jerry? No, not really. You know what? We forgot to go over what we've been doing this week. We can do that now. Uh, usually we do this at the beginning of the show, but we're stupid. Yeah, but we completely forgot. We're too excited to talk about the news. So <coughs> let's. Uh, let- Jesus Christ. What's wrong with both of us? Something bad is happening. I'm pretty sure I'm dying. Um, so, Joey, what have you been doing this week? Um, let's see. Not a whole lot. I just got Sunset Overdrive from Gamefly, and I've been playing that uh, whenever Mega Man collection has been pissing me off way too much. Understandable. Um, and uh, so, like, those two games, the Mega Man collection, the Mega Man Legacy collection, and Sunset Overdrive, 
have been the only games in the longest while that have made my hands sweat. I have not experienced that in such the longest fucking time. Because like, anytime I'm playing uh, Mega Man, my hands are sweating because if I don't make this jump, I am going to be plummeting down two more boards. And that means I have to go through these respawning enemies again and lose half my health again. And then I still have to get to the boss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Sunset Overdrive, though, has been just really fun to play. A super intense... Um, and just Some of the sections can get the very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, where you're having to like defend an area or anything like that. Um, like when you're making your new amps in the game, like your new power-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff just like like gets crazy quick. It can get a little easier later on once you kind of unlock uh, some other weapons or upgrade the weapons you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's still, it's still kind of tough to do. Yeah. Um, I got. I played Sunset Overdrive uh, fairly early because I got the uh, Sunset Overdrive bundle for my mm-hmm. Xbox. I haven't actually played it in a while, but uh, that game is just so great. It's so fucking funny, um, and I just love the visual style. It's very, very bright and colorful and everything, yeah. and just the fact that your enemies are like these weird mutants from an energy drink, and when you kill them, they explode into this bright fluorescent orange. And like when you kill them, because like some of them like boil up like blisters, and when you kill them, it literally says pop. Yeah. In it, and I love it. I just love like this weird comic book aspect they have to it. It's just a lot of really, it's, a lot of fun it's, to play. It's, it's almost like I would say, um, if they did like a Deadpool game in this style, yeah, it'd be fucking great. If it, it kind of fits that kind of mm-hmm. persona of being very self-aware. Um, I don't really remember if Sunset Overdrive breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, but I feel like it does in certain parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but maybe it's just like very self-aware. Yeah. Um, but it's just so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, so other than those games, I saw the sequel, follow-up, remake, kind of. A uh, classic horror film called uh, the, the Town That Dreads Sundown. It is based. Um, so okay, so the, to get a grasp of it, the first movie is based off of these killings that happened in Texarkana back in 1949, I believe. Okay. Uh, and essentially, it was by this person who had like this burlap sack over his head, um, and they. Just, How did he see? Like, there are eye holes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he's just wearing a fucking potato sack on his head. Um, it's not going to be very effective. You're not a very good killer. You don't know where you're going. You've been running around the Trader Joe's bathroom for 30 minutes. So. Oh, shit. Okay, so anywho. Um, uh, like, uh, and the killer uh, was dubbed the Phantom by the press. And... He just kind of went around and killed, uh, you know, young couples who were, you know, getting away from everything and parking in the back roads, uh, you know, so they could fuck. Um, of course. You know, obviously. All, all kind of, any kind of horror slasher killer movie yeah. has got to have teeth. but this, But this was based on, on an actual string of killings of people, like, Getting laid and then getting fucking murdered. So getting fucking murdered after getting fucking, fucking murdered after fucking. <laughs> so uh, and that that and the original movie was based off of that. Okay. And then this follow up that happened uh, last year in 2014 is kind of like this weird meta remake 
follow-up, as I was saying, I'm not entirely sure what it is, because it's relying heavily on the first movie, but it's, it's not taking place in the reality of that movie. It's taking place... Uh, you know, like essentially in this movie, th- that is a movie. Right. The original town that Dreaded Sundown is a movie, but they uh, it's apparently it's like taking place in like the real world where the murders actually happened, and it's about like them trying to solve who did the murders originally that the film was based on and also finding out who's doing this new string of murders right now even though it's all fake <laughs> um is a so it's kind of like this they're trying to get all you know like at, like we mentioned Wes Craven earlier on they're trying to be uh Wes Craveny and meta and you know have a kind of a scream aspect to it right but it just falls way too flat and becomes way too predictable and boring and every single time there's a moment where you're supposed to have this you know revelation that's supposed to chill you in some way you're just kind of like you, just, eh. you laugh I laughed I was laughing <laughs> so hard during this it, it, it was just so ridiculous and just stupid did not need it was a movie that didn't need to be made I feel like that's uh, that's usually a bad sign for a horror movie when you laugh yeah hmm. I mean, like, I've laughed during several horror movies. I've I've laughed during some of the Halloween movies, but I still like watching them. Right. Because they don't try and do anything like that, and therefore they can't really fail at it. So I guess that's the reason why I like it. But, like, that Town that Dreaded Sundown remake, don't watch it. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It, it, it bad. Uh, if you did want to watch it by yourself... Um, is it streaming anywhere? It's stre- streaming on Netflix. Okay. Um, if you are interested for whatever fucking reason, just like we were inclined to watch Rubber last week, and then <laughs> and then like and then like a few weeks before that, we watched Food Fight. Only only for so long though. Yeah, we watched it for like fifteen minutes. Um, I think I would rather watch Food Fight than Rubber. Rubber was bad. Rubber was like, it, like I almost I want to say it was intentionally bad. I'm sure it was. I mean. I hope that um, they didn't try and take that movie seriously. I mean, like, if anything, it was just kind of a weird, absurdist comedy than anything else. Yeah. Just, I mean, like, there there was a whole scene where, like, all these chairs get set up without any screws in them. Like, the lousiest IKEA chairs you could possibly get, and this car just purposely runs into all of them and going then, down a dirt and road. And the, the whole beginning of that movie, I mean, the... The officer, who is like you know, also the lead in the movie, yeah. uh, the human lead in the movie, uh, sort of, I guess. Hey, you know, he's important. Uh, he like is essentially breaking that fourth wall, or, or at least you think he is, and then he and he's, that he's, he's, he's addressing an actual group of people, right, standing but, out in the desert. <laughs> but in reality, it's more so like he's addressing you, the audience. Yeah, it's. Oh god, that was bad. Yeah, and the, the okay. So if I had to watch Rubber or The Town That Dreaded Sundown, I'd rather watch The Town That Dreaded Sundown more than Rubber. So if you also want to watch Rubber, if you want to watch two shitty movies in a row, Netflix got your back. Netflix, Netflix always has your back, especially for shitty movies. Yeah, because like once again, I've been showing these people trauma movies for a while. Or at least tried to. Been looking for new ones. Yeah, and those are always fun to watch. Um, what have I done this week? Um, obviously, uh, Metal Gear came out. Yeah. Um, I'm playing that a lot. I'm going to talk about it in just a sec. As far as movies, I watched, uh, I rewatched from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. 
That's Man, I so that good. In a while. It's it is so good. A good movie. And like thinking back on it, I think that might be one of the movies I would love to be able to experience again for the first time. The first time I watched that movie, I didn't know. I I don't want to say it's a twist. Because if you look at the Netflix description, it tells you what it is. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to, I guess spoilers. Um, but yeah, the, the whole like you know they show up to this normal biker <laughs> bar. It's not normal. It, it, it's, it's a biker bar called the Titty Twister, and there's big rigs and giant fucking motorcycles with huge flames spewing Joey, out of it. You ain't never been to Mexico, have you? <laughs> Is that just normal this for Mexico? Does it? This is, this is a, Every everywhere you go in Mexico, there's, there's Johnny, Johnny. Based off of your skin tone, you have never been to Mexico. It, it's been a while, but um, yeah, no, um, you know, it's you. It, you kind of just would think, oh, they're gonna get into some trouble at this bar, and you know, whatever. I don't even like the um, men. Yeah, no, but you know, for the movie, uh, like watching it, you know, you don't immediately think to yourself, oh. This is filled with vampires. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, this is a fucking biker bar, and, um, you know, whatever. But that is such a fucking good movie. It's, it, and it's such a cool original concept and everything, and some of Hayek's scene was great. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the best I parts of the movie. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a fucking great movie. I just want to say that. I, 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 I haven't seen it in a little while, awesome. and, um, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. Fuck it. Um, and it did. It was fucking great. Yeah, it, it's just as good as if I watched it a couple. I watched it a couple years ago. Just as good. Yeah, I, I knew the twist, and I, yeah, I love the fact that Cheech Marin plays three different roles, <laughs> all different characters, and not acknowledge he's obviously not the same person. Uh, he plays cop. He plays a the the weird carnival barker yelling about pussy. Also, yeah. we All got cool. green pussy. We got yellow pussy. Ooh, new flavor, apple pie pussy. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he also he's also a vampire. Yeah. That the carnival barker is a vampire. And then he's also the like uh, I don't know I don't even know what you call him. I would call him maybe like a drug guy or a, well, he he's he's like the drug dealer that George Clooney's character is going to meet. Right. We are so weird to see George Clooney in that movie. He is one of his he's earliest got a movies. Fat neck tattoo and like arm tattoo down the side and everything and, and like before he had like the really gray hair and everything. Yeah, before too. he got all peppery and became super sexy and like <laughs> you know, like leading man pretty much. I suck that dick though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> it it's in uh, Tarantino. It's, yeah, it's weird to see him like actual acting. Yeah, and, like and like not directing anything in it. He was actually pretty good in it too. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, bad. Surprising. Um, great movie. Go watch yeah. it if you haven't watched it. It's on also Netflix. streaming on Netflix. Yeah, um, but. Uh, I want to say I played something other than Metal Gear 5, but you I can't remember it. So, um, I'm at work on Monday. I've had to work six days this last week. Um, the only day I had off was Friday. Um, but I get home Monday night. I already have my uh, pre-downloaded mm-hmm. copy on uh, Xbox Store. You know, I get all my games digital now for the most part. So, I just log on. I start playing. I didn't go to bed until like 6 in the morning. 
Um, I had to work the next day. It wasn't until like 2, 3 o'clock. So it wasn't too bad. But um, I fucking suck in hours. And I've been every day when I get home. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's go get food. And I'm like, no. I'll play Metal Gear. See, Leave you me get food. I don't play Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. I, this will be my food for the day. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so fucking good. Um, so, so if you haven't played a Metal Gear game... Um, you're going to be missing out on certain things here and there. And a then, lot of things. Yeah, but not that much. Not as much as you'd expect. This isn't Metal Gear 4 where it's like uh, playable cutscenes. No. Um, there's not a lot of big cutscenes in this game. Um, viewing, it le- viewing it objectively just as a um, standalone game, it, it holds up. Yeah. You, know, you can play this if you haven't played the other ones. Um, if you want a really good like stealth game, this is it. Yeah. Um, the game is really, really. God, I fucking love this game because it doesn't hold your hand. You know, you're you. Let's say you play a um, like a Battlefield story mode or a Call of Duty story mode. Um, you're gonna ambush this fucking convoy or something. Yeah. Like, oh, go put down. Uh, put the C4 here. Go put the C4 here. And here. there's a little like highlighted thing, yeah. right? Where it's like you can't put it anywhere else. You got to click the button. You you like go through the motions of putting it down or everything, mm-hmm. and then you know it'll be like blow it up and you blow it up. And whatever. You can do that in Metal Gear Solid Five, but they won't tell you how to do it. Where like they'll be like, oh, you need to get this. Uh, you need to get this truck that's being escorted by um, by tanks or something. Mm-hmm. So there's not like a specific spot where you're gonna set up C4. Uh, you don't even have to set up C4. You can just go in with a rocket launcher and blow things up. You can snipe out like the truck driver and like try and steal the truck away from the tanks. <laughs> you know, you can do things however you want. You Probably can do just it. swoop in with a helicopter and pick that shit up. You you at some point you'll be able to stick a balloon on it. You'll be able to fault in everything out. You don't get that ability at the beginning, but um, pretty much anything anything in the game, you can stick a balloon on and send it back to Mother Base, and it'll build up your army. Nice. Um, God, I just... I can't, I can't with this game. I'm like... I don't know how far in the story I am, um, and apparently at some point, like, there's a quote-unquote end mission, but there's more after the game to get, like, a real ending kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, that's fucking great. Is the story making any sense at all during um, this? So, in the beginning, uh, it starts off your uh, big boss has been in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been seven years since he's been uh, alive after the events of Peace Walker, yeah. which is a completely different game, which a lot of people didn't play and or like. <laughs> Um, because one, it was originally a uh, like PS uh, PSP or PS Vita, whichever one it was. It was a mobile exclusive for, yeah. for PlayStation. Um, so a lot of people didn't play it. Uh, I ended up playing it because they re-released it on the 360 with like a collection. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it controls way differently than other Metal Gear games. So if you played other Metal Gear games, where uh, the shooting kind of seems off, and you know if you're Going from a uh, Call of Duty uh, shooter setup to original Metal Gear, you're going to be completely lost. Yeah. Uh, with this one, uh, it gives you that more so uh, modern shooter feel. So you're uh, pulling up your gun with the left trigger, you're like aiming down your sights yeah. in third person. Then you can click the right bumper and it'll go into first person when you're aiming down the sights. And then you, you know, shoot with the right trigger, reload with B, and you know, normal standard shooter stuff. 
Um, so it's a, definitely a lot easier uh, for audiences to pick up, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I just I can't even like manifest in words how I feel about this game. It's just very exciting, very fun. Um, most of these things you're expected to do stealthfully. Where it's like, oh, you go in stealth. <laughs> that doesn't always work out because sometimes um, you'll destroy your suppressor. Like if you use it too much, it'll like go out, and then you're shooting people with a loud gun, and everybody's like aware, and people will see you, and it'll go into like a slow mo reflex mode, where you can try and neutralize the situation by either like uh, trank tranking the enemy to where they fall asleep. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, I don't know what's happening with my voice. Um, or you can shoot him in the fucking head. Uh, usually you don't want to shoot him because you need to build up Mother Base to unlock better items. Yeah. <clears throat> so you want to um, you want to recruit these people and send them back. So you want to attach balloons to everybody. <laughs> it's just... You attach a balloon to somebody and they float away and they immediately go like, well, might as well work for this dude. <laughs> That's well, it. well, it, you know, some people do and some people don't. Some people need to go in the brig and they need to be jailed and <laughs> essentially broken. To so, you, so you need to brainwash people for the most part. Okay, I'm like gonna, right now, I I'm just saved it. a whole bunch of African kids and they're gonna <laughs> apparently start working at Mother Base. So that was literally in the last mission. It's literally, hey kids, you want a balloon? <laughs> I actually had to. Um, so no, we I actually have to get him out by um, by helicopter because they were like they're too small. They're not going to fault him. <laughs> like ah, god damn it! But yeah, it's a, it's a fucking great game. Uh, open world. Um, my one kind of qualm right now is uh, between those big. Uh, so there's different guard outposts. Uh, there's not really much to do in between them. But you know, it's still that that would be my only real yeah. problem. Um, you've got multiple buddies. Um, you find a puppy really early on and this puppy is missing an eye just like so Big Boss has a dead eye and that's why he's got the, yeah, the eye patch yeah so so this puppy's missing an eye and you like fulton this puppy and he's so cute and the first time you go back to Mother Base after you get the puppy he's wearing an eye patch is he wearing an eye no, patch no not yet he does wear one okay. but, but he he uh you like go and there's just, just this little puppy. He's so excited to see you. you. Pick him up. He's like licking your face and there's just this cute little puppy running around Mother Base. And then eventually, you uh, after a couple missions, you come back and he's a fucking wolf with an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a fucking badass character. Um, you get fucking D horse and after you go on enough missions with him, you can have him poop in the middle of the of the road and. People will stop or hit the poop and kind of like skid off a little bit. <laughs> so, what you're saying is, if I need to kill something or steal a car, I can just shit enough in the road to where they veer off, and veer out of control. I, I don't know if you could do it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about your bowels. Let's get that out of the way now. But I well, would hope that you're not pooping enough to... If I have enough dairy in my system, I can probably do it. You should probably go to a doctor. No. And you're probably lactose intolerant. No. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Metal Gear, uh, fucking great. Go fucking play that shit right now. Um, without a doubt, um, in my opinion, uh, the only game that I would put right now that's out that uh, is kind of close to the same level as far as like things to do 
might be The Witcher. The Witcher definitely has more things to do, mm-hmm. but it's not a stealth game. Yeah. The two different genres, but very, very similar in their uh, world building. It's very, very big. Um, you don't have a lot of cutscenes, so Metal Gear games are usually known for their very, very narrative driven stories. Um, this one doesn't have a lot of that. Yeah. But there's plenty of uh, cassette tapes that you can find and uh, you'll receive, and those are briefing tapes, and you'll kind of hear about what's going on in the story and stuff like that. Uh, you'll also find um, cassette tapes with uh, 80s music mm-hmm. around camp. So, uh, I put a speaker, I bought a speaker for my helicopter, and Kids in America plays as I drop in a battle. Yeah. Demoralize the enemy. Why there was, like, Russian guys listening to Kids in America in Afghanistan, beyond me. But it was really great when there was the African kids, and Kids in America is playing, and I'm like, you guys are the new kids of... Sort of. <laughs> so you've been kidnapped by America, and now you're being put to work. Well, technically... Uh, They've been liberated by America. I mean, and now they're being put to work. Mother bases uh, and you know, Big Boss and everybody—they're separate from any nation. They're like a private army okay. that lives out in the middle of the ocean on these giant platforms. Sure. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't make much sense because I'm like, where do they get their food? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It apparently doesn't. Kojima matter. doesn't care. I've got over like 500 people. I'm like, how do you have that much food? Kojima these- obviously does not give a shit. <laughs> Um, and yeah, a lot of people were upset because Kojima's name is not on the box. Um, yeah, I can see that being a big deal. But at the start of every single fucking mission, it says written and directed by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> a Hideo Kojima game. And then at the end, it'll be like, you know, uh, written and directed by Hideo Kojima. His name is all over the fucking game. Yeah. It's just not on the fucking box. Okay. Well. So... You're, if you're kind of upset because, uh, you know, he's not on the box, don't worry. He's all over the fucking game. Um, yeah, very, very, very good. The only problem right now, uh, there's a lot of uh, server issues. Mm-hmm. We're not able to connect online. Um, but that's about it. Um, everybody, go play Metal Gear. Uh, pushing Metal Gear super hard because I fucking love Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, but I think that'll do it for this episode. Um we're going to get out of here. Uh, as always, go listen to us on Stitcher, uh, iTunes. Uh, shoot us an email at inthemenuspodcast at gmail.com. Um, there's actually a link to the email um, on the website. There we go. On the website. And there's also a link to the iTunes, uh, I almost want to call it store, but you, you click on it it'll take you uh, to the iTunes, uh, our iTunes page. Yeah. So... Uh, website's got all that stuff. Um, I'm going to actually put up a review when I get home a little later. Um, I'm kind of just trying to add some more stuff to the website. I'm pretty excited about it. Hopefully in the, these next couple weeks, we have more stuff going up on it other than just the podcast. Maybe. If you contribute. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you should probably will. Like, I, 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 really, I really want to, but like I've been... I've been working again, so, you know... Just yeah, yeah, no, it's understandable. Like, 10-hour day, it's cool. it's more cool. than 10 hours. It's cool, dude. Yeah, I only worked uh, 50-something hours this week. Dude, I, I, I was almost sent home because I had too many hours. That's not my problem. You, that would have been great because then you. It would have been home. great, but it didn't happen. And you know what the cutoff is for having too many hours? It's 60. Yeah, that, that's about right. 
All right, so we're going to get out of here. Um, I don't know about next week yet because um, I haven't got my schedule. Yeah. But hopefully next week we should be back at yeah. uh, normal time. You guys might get another bonus episode. Yeah, we might get another bonus. You might get another bonus episode, which you should listen to because, like I said, that fucking bonus episode is great. Uh, but we're going to get out of here. We'll see you guys later. I feel like we uh, we still need to come up with a sign-off. Yeah, we do. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll see you guys later, though.